my peers that are my age that see me talking on Instagram, they probably think I'm a huge douchebag just because I'm always saying <laughs> shit that's like shit slaps. Sounds like a t- <laughs> exactly. big flapjack facts, my guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro, just <laughs> Chick Fil A bussing, bro, bussing. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for stopping by. This is episode nine of Winged Radicals. I'm Peyton. He's Mike. Hey, everybody. Mike, um, I'm afraid some new data has come out suggesting America really is in moral decline. Uh, We're losing our soul. Something that we've always been able to count on in America is being horribly intoxicated and drinking too much. And uh, a new Gallup poll suggests that despite your best efforts as my alcoholic friend or closest to (laughs) drinking is down in America, only about 60% are reporting that they're drinking, which is down um, to the lowest point in, in maybe a couple of decades what are you going to do to stop this? I, I try every day. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, man. I promise it's not me. I'm keeping it up. I mean, when the pilgrims hit Plymouth Rock, <laughs> I mean, the first thing they started doing was figuring out how to import liquor and make right. their own beer. If it wasn't for me, it'd be down to like 50%. And uh, I don't know how long we can sustain our the fabric of our society. What are you doing to combat it? You showed me you have a case of untouched rum, which is just unacceptable. I broke into that yesterday oh, at the okay. birthday party. Good. Yeah, but that yeah, was... I read this report and I started drinking the next day. That's good. And you encouraged everyone else to drink at the party and then drive home. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I'm always wondering about the FBI listening. But uh, no, on a serious yeah. note, I really think it's all bullshit. I don't buy the uh I don't buy the data. I don't think the type of motherfuckers that are out there helping America keep our numbers up are polling. I don't think they're fucking answering this poll. It's like it's like MAGA being underrepresented in the polls. They're not fucking answering this. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, I think hey, this is bullshit. There's a poll. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go respond on my alcoholism. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's me. It's like a thousand people they got in yeah. America. Like, mm-hmm. I think they got the wrong thousand. <laughs> Well, I mean, they do this every year since it was like the, was it the sixties or I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But they, they've done this for a while. Yeah. So that, I mean, that argument would hold up for all of those years. No, I know. So I think, I think, I think young people maybe are drinking a little bit less. I think yeah. they're like a little bit more, A, of course, maybe health conscious and yeah. more and more studies are coming about, coming out about how bad drinking it really is. Oh, it's, right? wow. Is it? Well, I'm, it's, I'm it's coming out as worse than we even knew. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. And I think they just, you know, I think they maybe uh, are into other forms of escape. Oh, I see. Uh, like bondage. <laughs> oh, not that. Okay. Um, so I, I think maybe it's the young, youngest, maybe Gen Z, may, maybe driving these numbers a little bit. Uh, I think they're just not yeah. quite heavy into drinking as as we were and our parents were maybe they're the ones just filling out the polls maybe nothing's changed and to your point it's bullshit and 
since there's so much tech and Gen Z loves tech and is more online than the other uh, generations, maybe. I think they're just Boy Scout bitches. I mean, they're not even <laughs> they're not even fucking as much as, as yeah, we used I to. Tried, I tried to help. Can't do it again. Boy Scout we're in bitches. decline. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're the last real generation. Yeah. Just a little bit of light news. You can go ahead and get into some of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for stealing my role. Um, <clears throat> so this week, the Washington Post published an article finding that hundreds of retired U.S. military officials have taken jobs in foreign governments since 2015. Um, some of these jobs are paying upwards of seven-figure salaries. Um, and th- this also follows alongside recent reports of U.K. military pilots being believed to have taken payments for training Chinese military on Western combat tactics for similar pay. I've seen like six figures for that, high six figures. Yeah, so like a couple of um, a couple of years ago, there was the the Afghanistan papers came out, which was by the same writer at the Washington Post that broke this story. Um, so they do like a, it's like called you'll hear like oh, this um, this agency got FOIA'd, F O I A, so Freedom of Information Act. Um, so the Pentagon, I guess, got FOIA'd by the Washington Post and. They discover, yeah, um, a lot of these former generals, even one, two, three, four-star generals, are working after retirement um, for other countries. Um, I'm, I don't understand why they even want to pay these guys so handsomely when they, you know, they couldn't de- defeat the Taliban with three trillion dollars. Like, yeah, are they that good? <clears throat> well, th- they're not. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're not allowed to still share certain information, right? I mean, they could, I guess. Anybody could do anything, but they're not supposed to. There's some some governance that they're allowed to work with foreign governments under certain restrictions. Yeah, so, I mean, the good news from, from the story is, like, none of the none of the guys of the like what four or 500 people that they mm-hmm. found out have, have been doing this. None of them, except maybe like one are working for a country that would be considered a, an adversary of the United States. So like most of them, like two thirds of them are working for, you know, some chic, some oil like Saudi Arabia, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, are any of them working for like allies and that's getting counted in this too? Or does that not, would that not count? I mean, Saudi Arabia, in a sense, is an ally. Yeah. So, I, okay. I mean, I guess if you're not an adversary, yeah, you're sort of okay. Maybe an ally, kind of ish. They might, <clears throat> yeah. For for more of a, a specific one, they might not be including that in that four or five hundred. I just didn't know what the what the dividing line was, but it's okay. Yeah. So, like, unlike the British, like they those pilots are helping China. You know what I mean? So they've got yeah. a more severe problem in a Mm -hmm. sense and i think they're going to be trying to find a way to maybe pass a law that makes this illegal there but in terms of the united states side it's still not it's still problematic okay because you have some of them even were negotiating their um you know their deal before they were done working for the u.s military oh um you know they might it's kind of like it's like a president that's not being paid by a corporation, but as soon as they retire, they get to go do speeches for 500 K a piece yeah, for that corporation. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So like these generals, you know, you already, they paid. retire and then they get paid potentially maybe based on 
support prior right. to retirement. Maybe not always. I mean, it's at least an opportunity there, right? Yeah. Even if that's not what's going on, even if they're truly just like taking a nice payment to share their expertise, mm-hmm. there could be a situation where that would be problematic and, and, and causing to question our ability to trust what they're saying when they go talk before Congress and, and they're giving a hear, you know, they're at a hearing and they're, they could be or, saying buy a shit yeah, to help their paycheck. Right. After. Because again, mm-hmm. like the other Washington Post story about the Afghanistan papers showed that like, our our military personnel and generals and stuff were lying for years to all these administrations about how well we were doing in Afghanistan. Yeah. So, you know, just causing the question whether we can believe them. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a spooky one. I wonder how how malicious that is, though. I mean, you brought up they could just be you know doing normal shit. So, I'd- well, and I I read that they're they're sort of like technically. If you're a retiree of the U.S. military, you still can be called up at any time. And so this is actually already, I guess, technically prohibited to go take money and stuff from a foreign government. Um, But Congress gave the Pentagon the authority to decide if they wanted to approve these things or not. Like instead of holding on to that power themselves, Mm -hmm. they kind of like – contracted it out to the Pentagon themselves to make the decision when these, uh, you know, officers apply or so don't even bother to apply wh- whether they can get approval to work for a foreign government. Um, so you know, yeah, the Pentagon itself is doing it. So it's like, they are approved to go do this. They have to go through some approval process, right? I, well, so it's I, I think some of them aren't even taking the time to do it. And, and oh. the ones that are, are like never rejected. There's like right. almost no mm-hmm. record of like, Oh no, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some of these countries are engaged in very problematic, yeah, you know, actions like, that are like who, like China. Well, I'm talking about Saudi Arabia, like oh, that, okay. who's not a adversary per se, yeah, but are killing journalists and stuff, yeah. yeah. And so, I guess it's a moral question as well. But who cares about that, right? You're paying me yeah. two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year when I retire from the U.S. military, like, right? You know. I'll kind of close my eyes and not think about what y'all are doing. I'll just give you the expertise that I have. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, Biden forgave him with the knuckles. We're good. <laughs> they can. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a spooky one. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Okay. So, the African American Vernacular English, AAVE for short, or as racists call it, Ebonics, is a term that Peyton learned this week and will likely use to convince people how woke and not racist he is. Here to comment is Peyton. Yeah, so I'm an expert on AAVE. (laughs) Uh, I got about 10 years in the classroom. And as we know, uh, you know, black culture basically dominates American culture um, in terms of, you know, music and uh, fashion and, uh, you know, and our language. So um, I was reading an article about how cringy it is, I guess, for for Gen Zers when they hear millennials, you know, using AAVE, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And um, yeah, African American vernacular English is the new sort of. Well, maybe it's not even new. I just learned about it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I don't know that Ebonics is necessarily politically incorrect. It's just more broad, and I guess it's, when I looked it, this up, it said it was it was. Uh kind of not acceptable 
Oh, really? Yeah, more, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. So. Hmm. Hmm. So it's cringy now for us to. Yeah, it's cringy for us to be like, no cap. You know what I mean? It's not going to stop me from doing it. It's not fair. I know. Everything is so divisive now, okay? Everyone should be able to do everything. This is unfair. I mean, I guess I get it, right? Like, my grandpa was like, you know. You'd be like, fuck yeah, grandpa. I guess. Get it. Probably. You'd be like, that's awesome. Where'd you hear that? That's so cool. Yeah. Keep, Keep it up, Gramps. But maybe that's because you're old now and you identify more with Gramps. So your opinion might not matter on this. I don't even think my own peers really know what most of the lingo means. Yeah. Um, when it comes to AAVE, I just happen to, because I'm immersed in it all the time. Yeah. I'm sure my, my peers that are my age that see me talking on Instagram, they probably think I'm a huge douchebag just cause I'm always saying <laughs> shit. That's like shit. Slaps. Sounds like a t- <laughs> exactly. big flapjack facts. My guy. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Just <laughs> Chick-fil-A bussing, bro. Bussing. So, okay. So, Last week, according to the CDC, U.S. birth rates increased in 2021 for the first time in seven years. Uh, The 1% increase is suspected to be a result of postponed pregnancies from the previous year um, during high uncertainty uh, caused by the pandemic. Cap. I think you messed that up. You think I messed that up? Yeah, I think that's cap. Did you say that the reason why the birth rate was higher in 21 was because of delayed pregnancies from the covid pandemic in 2020 yeah i don't think that's That's correct speculated i don't think that's correct no i'll tell you how what i think is the analysis is here 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 we go okay the numbers were down in say summer 2020 you're saying the birth the birth rate was down in 2020 they were down yeah so the birth rate's down in 2020 that reflects a lack of sex in 2019 not necessarily if the birth rate is down in 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, mostly. That reflects sure. mostly, mostly mostly a decline in 2019 Real, sex. Really a decline all the way until, like, we got the notice in, like, March. Like, it's perfect timeline. Like, as soon as COVID, you know, we all shut down in late February, March. So that would be, and, like, you're only three months of 2020 to get 2020 births. Is those first three months, right? Because nine months. So if you got pregnant between January and March of 2020, you could still have a 2020 birth. Right. Right. So it's declining, uh, it's declining uh, all the way through then. So what I'm saying is, yeah. if see if we can Real can come to in. a consensus here. Yep. If you're not pregnant in March, April, May, June, July, August of 2020, that reflects a lack of conceiving in 2019 right. prior to the pandemic. Right. Okay. So the numbers were down in 2020. Mm-hmm. Just based on 2019, right? The reason why they're up in 2021 is, is because, because of the pandemic. Because people were locked because down. Because everybody's locked down. Locked down. Yeah. And they're obviously having a lot more opportunities to not be stressed about work, not be physically at work. They're at home. They got more time in their hands. They also are getting checks. Yeah. They're not really concerned about the economic well, outlook because they're getting money from the federal government and they're thinking, oh, you know, as soon as this goes away we're going to be back to normal. Right. It's not necessarily a recession. That's going to be 10 years of poor economic outlook or something where I don't want to have a kid. Mm-hmm. This is just a little blip. You know, as soon as we get back going soon, 
we'll be good and we're getting checks right now so we don't feel economically insecure and we got more time on our hands yeah. and we're at home and we're having more sex and boom yeah we have a, a an uptick yeah, for the first time in two people said, like seven years yeah two people trapped in a house every day yeah it's gonna happen I mean, right it's gonna happen so, if you hate them it's gonna happen yeah exactly um i would argue that you might see even more of an increase in 2021 had it not been for the concern. I don't think that this is totally invalid, but your point, you know, it's probably, it's probably that outweighed, you know, one outweighed the other. I'm sure they were combating each other because 1% doesn't seem, I mean, that's kind of like a, you know, rounding error or something. It's tiny, but it is an increase. So, well, and they also, I read that, um, one of the reasons for the, for the decrease or for why it wasn't any higher um, in, say, like 2020 was because of a lot of restricted immigration, which would normally lead to, you know, if the immigrants are coming in at the normal clip and they're having kids, yeah. the birth rate's higher. So, yeah. like, a lot, of, a lot of the birth rate that did increase was, like, um, natural-born American women um, yeah. having kids. Right. Um, so whatever that means, I'm just sharing what I read. Uh, yeah. So I, and I think now people are thinking, well, maybe another positive at home work is we can get the birth rate going back is that a thing? Is that a thing that we are asking for? We want more people? Yeah. Yeah. Because the world doesn't, surely, but America might. Well, much of the world does, uh, in terms of like the industrialized world. Like if we don't have a growing base of workers paying taxes, then the whole system of like social security and, you know, Medicare (laughs) being sustainable falls apart. Good. Not good. Not good at <laughs> I, all. I vote for low birth no. rate, no social security. No, we don't want, you know, we don't want to be aging and then we cannot sustain the what safety if- net because there's not enough workers um, to replace them and pay the taxes that afford um, that safety net. Yeah. We're going to do an episode eventually on social security and, <laughs> and why it's ridiculous, but for another time. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we want more. We want more people. I guess you know, over eight billion is not enough. Fifty years ago, we had like one billion on the planet. It's, well, now the, we have well, eight billion. Well, the population, the the world population is still climbing, but it's it's climbing at a slower rate, and it's already gonna cap and go down. That's already sh- gonna happen. I feel like it should. I feel like that's and good. it will, regardless yeah. of what I'm saying. Yeah. And in the United States, making sure we're having enough people to. It's better for the economy and it's, you know, better for social, like, well, I don't want to say security, but I mean like. No, I understand. Not yeah, just not the program, but security. literal yeah, social stability. Literal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So last week, a potential juror was sent to jail uh, for 24 hours after being held in contempt of court for refusing to wear a mask in a mask optional courthouse. Go on. Go on. Give me some more facts here. All right. Clerks notified all potential jurors prior to their entry into the courthouse that the judge requires them to wear a mask in his courtroom. 
Um, there were no local mask mandates. There was no courthouse mask mandate. Just the judge had a rule that everyone was notified of. If you're going in that courtroom, you have to wear a mask. That's his rule. Um, the hypocritical part was that the judge himself was not wearing a mask at the time that he held this individual in contempt of court for doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's annoying for sure that the judge would have this rule at this point, but some judges are known for having such rules and shit that, that aren't, that have nothing to do with the, the courthouse's rules or the, county i mean you know the town rule right. they just have their certain rules and they have that's their prerogative as i understand it and he's like you gotta have a mask and you know this is of course the type of guy that that wants to you know push the envelope and and say i'm not gonna do it and he he paid the price i mean i guess it's hypocritical for the judge who's not wearing a mask but at the same time you're the judge and you have certain he does he's allowed to know, do it and he's the authority to hold him in contempt over it I mean, but like he's but the judge himself is talking and like is supposed to be, you know, re, you know, refereeing the the trial or whatever. Yeah. Like they they make it to make a good argument that they can't really quite do what they need to do without having a mask off. But that doesn't mean that others shouldn't potentially have a mask. I mean, I'm against the mask, and uh, you know, today yeah. in this situation. Yeah. But I also am sort of like. Not sure I'm on the side of the guy who's refusing it, to wear it. No, if I walked into a place and they're like, you need a mask to be here, I either put a mask on or I'd leave the place. Um, I don't know if you could do that in this situation. I'm not sure you can just leave. Yeah, he's not allowed to just so leave. You, you just put a fucking mask on. Like, how hard is it to do that? Yeah. So they, um, of course, Tucker, <laughs> Tucker Carlson had him on. Big interview. Oh, my God. He had the actual guy yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I watched that. And... The heading at the bottom of uh, the interview was dad jailed for not wearing mask during jury duty. Like they just have to make it as you know brutal sounding as possible. So apparently he was a single father and I guess this kid was at home, but I doubt his kid was just alone at home, right? They, I'm, whatever. Wait, they said single father? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. There's milk in the whole thing. Yeah, it's so, like all true what they put at the bottom of the headline. Right. But yeah, yeah. But they're just like making it sound yeah. bad. Most people are like, you know, man jailed for not wearing masks yeah. or something. Man held in contempt. This one's like single father. Yeah. Man not following uh, judges' rules gets kicked out of it doesn't have the same effect. Right, right. Yeah. Um so what I open up, I click the link for the interview, and right away, um, you could just tell that he was the type of person that would tell a judge he's not going to put a mask on. You know, he shows up to an interview on Fox. He looks and, like you. And it, yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's in a fucking hoodie. He's like this middle-aged white dude wearing a hoodie. Like, you couldn't put anything on. I'm sure Fox would have paid for you to go to Men's Warehouse and buy a fucking, their cheapest polo. Yeah. Cheapest button-down. Shows up in a hoodie. And you're like, all right, I understand. I Like, I get not that there's a problem with I mean, people wearing look, hoodies. Did he look like an angry, like angry type? No, he guy was or? he was smiling. He seemed he seemed like more of a smart ass character. Mm. Like he was getting a kick out of the whole thing. Which yeah, he probably was. Yeah, you know, complaining that this was such a big problem for him, but at the same time enjoying the whole thing. He's like, oh, this is the worst thing in my life. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, you could you could just tell. I mean. Um, Carlson even made the point that that the judge probably assumed 
that he wasn't an obedient obedient Biden voter and targeted him because oh my god that's what Carlson said so I mean that just makes the point that you could tell he would fight this so the judge was like hey you're gonna fight this let's let's go targeting that's the fox 100 or 200 years from now when we look back at how America fell apart. Yeah. Like, it's just at least two chapters are going to be on Tucker, Fox. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> yeah. So, remember how I've gone over how I like half the stuff I'll value and half I think is ridiculous. This falls into the ridiculous. Right, category. right, right. I yeah. mean, this is obvious. Um, yeah. All right, so this one was a late ad, um, but we couldn't skip it. So late last week, the CDC voted to add the COVID vaccine to their recommended vaccine schedule. Um, while not a mandate from the CDC directly, states do use the schedule to establish their individual vaccination requirements for schools. So this could lead to states including the COVID vaccine as a requirement for the 2023-2024 school year. Whoa, yeah. So I pretty much asked my pediatrician about this, or not mine, you know, my kids. Um, and, um, he was like, yeah, this is, this is like, you know, not something that, that this doctor supported at all. Yeah. He's like, you know, well, I should start by saying, obviously in Florida where we are, this isn't a big threat at the moment because of the current governor and the administration, this isn't going to be happening in Florida public schools. It's not going to be mandated, but obviously in a lot of, a lot of, uh, school districts around the country in some of those populated cities this could definitely be added right and um the point of the of the doctor was um was like you know th- there's tons of vaccines in, in history that were harmful at first particularly with children that we had to learn about over time and then fix mm-hmm. and so you know, this isn't any different. We know that you have a, a, a way increased chance of um, certain heart. I forget yeah. the technical term for I, it, but there's, there's certain you know things, with heart issues that yeah. you have an up to you know several percent increase in, in chance of if you're getting this vaccine. And we don't know how it's going to impact you know kids a hundred percent. It just doesn't seem it seems more political than than necessary and so right. he, i mean he, and this guy is not a you know they're not a a right winger guy you know what i mean uh, uh, you know what i'm saying yeah um but so there's limited there's limited data to um well i don't know if there's any data to show that it is required for children or that it makes it any less um Man, I'm, I'm really blanking here. Yeah, like less severe, less severe, or, or lowers their odds of getting it. From from what I've been seeing, it's like there's there's almost no proven benefit of giving this to children. Like they've, I mean, we've seen with our kids. Like the kids are rarely getting COVID. We've had COVID in the house twice, and, and one of our youngest kids didn't get it at all, and our oldest only got it once from us. When it's like you know we had shared a glass of water that morning. And she never got it. So they like they're just not it seems like they're not getting it as fast and, and they're not really coming out with evidence to prove that this is necessary. Yeah, you you're just asking for like the destruct the destruction of public schools if you add this in because there's you would have an, a huge increase in number of people pulling their kids out of public schools. Right. If you if this actually happens mm-hmm. anywhere. 
You anyway, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and this isn't an anti-vax stance. You know no. what I mean? It's a where is the logic and the numbers and the data yeah. to suggest that this is necessary for five-year-olds or six-year-olds or whatever. Six, what I mean? six months and up is what it's is what the recommendation is for. Six months. So that I and, and the thing is, like before COVID, like the anti-vaxxers were definitely the crazy ones. Yeah. And like they had their own conspiracy theories and stupid shit. And now it's like the vaccine. The, and the and there was reasons why people need to be vaccinated typically mm-hmm. to, you know, go into public schools. That makes sense um, as a rule. Like, but that's not what this is. This isn't right. an apples to apples comparison. Yep. There's other ones that have been studied and, and have been around a long time. So I don't, I don't recall the sources on this, um, but I was also reading that um, there was, there's, that the CDC had admitted to certain shortcuts and stuff being taken for even the, the, not just the emergency approved one. We all knew they had like lower sample sizes and stuff when they did the emergency approvals for the vaccines. But now these are like real approved vaccines. And it, it seemed like it came out last week that there were even shortcuts taken on those for their typical standards. Like, I don't know if it's lower sample sizes or, you know, quicker process, but um, it just seems from what I've read that this isn't, it just seems like a, a double bad idea. Like there's no proven benefit and there could be risks that are unknown. Like, why would you do this? I know it automatically starts making you put, want to put on your tinfoil hat and like, yeah, think of conspiracies. Cause you're just like, what the fuck? Bro. So you brought up earlier, we do live in Florida. So DeSantis immediately jumps on. So th- I think they, um, the CDC had a panel vote for this on Wednesday night or Wednesday. It was announced Thursday, and when it was announced, DeSantis immediately jumps on and starts telling everyone that basically there's no way in hell this is going to happen in Florida. Don't worry about it. Parents have the right to, to choose what vaccines their kids get. You're never going to have to worry about this. And similar governors in, in other states, or similarly, governors in other states have jumped on to say the same thing, although not many. Um, and then our Surgeon General also backed DeSantis. So I didn't really know what kind of pull DeSantis has on something like this. Um, I mean, he's the governor, so one could think, oh, well, he has the say, but some things are up to other groups, panels, so he can't just do stuff, I would imagine. So hearing the Surgeon General come out and say, yeah, there's no way in hell we're doing that was also helpful. So yeah, both of them saying, we're not doing that in Florida. Yeah. I mean, DeSantis is about to win re-election. Right. The legislature does whatever he wants. Right. So he, I mean, he could, there could be a law. You know yeah. what I mean? If they wanted to blanket a law over the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't see it happening. Yeah. yeah. So I was talking to, um, to Hannah about the, right after you texted me, I was talking to Hannah and, and like, I would feel so vulnerable living in like New York or California or somewhere where I'm just like, I don't have DeSantis to be like, Oh, this isn't going to be a problem. Cause DeSantis is just going to say, fuck you. We're not doing this. I have to just go along with whatever ride that they might come up with. Like, Oh yeah, we're putting it in. And like, what do I do? Like, if I can't afford private school... Like, stop pretending you're not sending your kids to private school. (laughs) You're not the victim here, Michael. Oh, okay. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) But, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you know, that would suck. I mean, I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, we... That's how it's been for other vaccines, and that's been accepted, but right. it just seems different here. Uh, I yeah. don't know why. Because uh, no one is trustworthy anymore. So everything feels like a setup. Yeah. Okay, moving away from COVID. <clears throat> All right, so recently several judges have come out stating their plans to boycott 
the hiring of law clerks from Yale over the school's alleged participation in quote-unquote cancel culture. Um, the school is alleged to be actively stifling free speech by suppressing those of more conservative ideologies. I, I only read about two judges. So You said several. Are so, you aware of more? Yeah, yeah so two have officially said it. Um, Twelve total. Well, Twelve others have anonymously said they would support a boycott. Okay. So two are out. We know their names. Okay. Um, twelve are anonymous, but said if if this were to be like a real movement, you you have twelve others that have mm. so far said they would back it. That's interesting. There's like it started with the two Trump appointed federal judges saying, "Yeah, we're not taking law clerks from Yale," and then now others are anonymously saying maybe if this becomes a movement that they would be down. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I guess I kind of like it, but like, I wonder, you know, if you, if you say to Yale, all right, we're not, you know, law school, we're not taking any judges, any, any students, uh, graduates from your institution. Does that mean that they only become that much more liberal as an institution? Uh, because, no conservatives for sure then want to go to that school if they're not going to be able to potentially get a, a, a clerkship with, with some with a certain block of judges. Right. Lower you know, does that does that kind of like counter their point? It it obviously could. Um the 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 one judge said that the goal is not to not hire clerks from Yale. The goal is to get Yale to stop pushing more left ideologies and allow free speech. So, I mean, earlier in, in March, I was reading that <clears throat> there was some kind of conservative speeches and viewpoints being shared in, in, I don't know, some kind of speech or something. And there was hundred plus people slamming on the doors, trying to keep them from talking and, yeah. and saying their stuff and just being super disruptive. And this was like, okay, like this, this seemed like that was, that's where the active actively stifling came in. Like, yeah, yeah. it was just like, yeah, do it. You know, that's fine. It's, um, so it's like you, you want to stop that, obviously. Let them do it. If Even if Yale as a whole didn't agree with it, you can't just suppress that ideology because then it doesn't have a home there. So it's kind of it would kind of already happen anyway. If you had conservative people going there, like, look, they're just going to – I mean, it would naturally happen, I would think. They wouldn't feel welcome. I, I definitely believe we have a, a problem with the ideology of our most elite institutions for you know academic institutions, the top 100 – maybe even like top 200 colleges are kind of a little bit trending in the wrong direction on the whole free speech thing. Right. You know, the, the left traditionally is supposed to be the one saying, you know, we support free speech. We support people's right to say whatever they want to say. And it was more of a conservative kind of reactionary position to try to stop people from saying certain things. So yeah, and, now, and now, now it's and that now, conservatives are always being silenced. So they're like, "We want free speech. What the fuck? Like, let us talk." Yeah, um, it, a lot of people are concerned with like colleges indoctrinating students, and that's probably an issue on on some level. But what's probably even worse is this whole um, this whole position of like students come in and we cater to them and if they say we can't have certain people speaking here then we just say oh okay 
okay, little ones, don't. Right. That's like, don't imagine, get too crazy. Imagine doing that as a parent child. You just, which you obviously see a ton of. Yeah. Maybe not you. But like right. You figured of you see a lot. Um, just kids fucking running around, no discipline, nothing. Um, yeah, yeah you so, let them get away with shit sometimes, sure. But like, yes, some professor, you know, some expert in a classroom or in a speech is talking about an issue, and these kids think that they're the expert. Yeah, like, shut and, the fuck and, up. And, yeah, like, if you say something, anything positive about America or, you know, Western tradition, mm-hmm. uh, then, oh, you know, you're a simp. You're uh, an authoritarian. You're just a shill for the American imperialism. And, right. And, and you know, we're going to let you take over the classroom or, or what have you. Um, but, yeah, with these speeches and you can't even – I mean, I, I want a, an institution where it could be a Nazi-speaking and they want to speak. You, you know, let them. You let them let, say your let shit. Let them say their then, stupid shit and, and move on. With them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If you if you can't if you can't do that, then then you don't know who. Then you're gonna ultimately suppress legitimate ideas. Yeah. If you don't allow the bullshit to be spoken, right. fight ideas with ideas, not Absolutely. this sort of violence and cancel culture. And so, you know, at some point. I suppose you, you got to stick your foot in the ground and draw a line. And maybe that's what these judges are doing. And they're saying, look, I'm not, I'm going to use the little bit of leverage that maybe I have right. to try to force them to, to shape up a little bit. We're not just going to sit here and allow this to go on. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's specifically what they said. Like our goal is to not, not hire um, Yale, Yale grads. And, I, I'm sure Yale has to maintain certain numbers of, of placement, right? Like placement in the workplace. So if you start going after their numbers, you would probably hope that they would, I would expect them to change something. You know, if you have people actively combating the hireability of your people, like what is, what is your purpose then? Yeah. You're there to teach people and to place them in, into positions where they can, you know, carry out your ideologies. And if people are no longer accepting them, then what are you? You know, you're a useless institution. So maybe that's the goal. Just get their numbers down. Yeah, if if enough judges were to get on board, I'm yeah. sure two doesn't really move the needle. But two doesn't, fourteen doesn't. Um, but those are the only people that are you know talking about it. You know how many people like Trump and didn't say it to their yeah. friends? Yeah. yeah, right. So it could grow. Right. Um. All right. Last week it came out that Trump shared classified letters with journalist Bob Woodward. Um, which was revealed in the journalist's latest audiobook. Um, The letters were originally written to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, and recordings of Trump from 2019 indicate that he was well aware of their classified status. Um, As the plot thickens here, the classified letters were then taken by Trump and have since been discovered in Mar-a-Lago as part of the recent investigation. Yeah, so I guess this just shows that Trump, you know, he knew that, some of the documents that he was being loose with were top security. However, if he does it as president, that's that's way different than mishandling them after leaving office. You said it's less significant? Yeah, so if you are the executive, you can do what you want. You could do whatever the fuck you want because you're the executive. There's nothing higher than the, you to say that you can't. Like, it might be very... Right. The outcome is not necessarily less severe, just the penalty or... Right. Yeah, it's okay. st- you could still say this is mm-hmm. this is bad. 
this is dumb. Right. Yeah, this like is you, not something a president should be doing. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just more talking right, legally. Right. Yes, like, I understand. If you if you talk about it and you're the president, then it's you, basically not security. It's not cert, uh, classified anymore. Right. You know like, what I mean? Oh, we wish but, he didn't do that, but he's allowed to because he's the president. Fucking gay. yep. Yep. But now exactly. it's like you're not the president. Right. You're fucked. Right. Okay. So um, I, I guess it just lends <clears throat> even more legitimacy to the idea that he's playing loose with with classified yeah. information or top security national. So these these letters, it seems like it's a big deal, and I don't know what are in these letters, but these were the alleged "quote unquote" love letters between Trump and Kim Jong Un, where they were like, "Oh, you know, holiday, best holiday wishes to you and your family, and all that." I remember that was going on back then, yeah. like they were exchanging love letters. Yeah. Um. So that's that's these letters. I don't know what was in there beyond season's greetings. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like maybe these that he. Maybe, Maybe he's like, yeah, these are classified, but you know, Bob. I mean, you can have these. Yeah, you're like a journalist. You're trying to get information about the administration. Like these aren't. In, there's nothing in here that's gonna. Right. You know. And then um, they're saying it's like um, Trump obviously knew that they were classified, and then knowingly took them to Mar-a-Lago, which means he knowingly took classified stuff. I'm seeing that argument, but he. The other argument is that he declassified all the shit before he took it. So to me, that's a, a just because they found him in Mar-a-Lago. If he declassified them, who gives a shit? Just to counter well, the argument with the well, argument. I don't. To go back into that, I guess I don't know of any legitimate. I know. Yeah. Uh, information that suggests that he that thought he these that. were all declassified, and even if they were, it wouldn't matter because you can't take, take them. the documents with you. Yeah. Even if they're, they're declassified, they're from his buddy. That that's a certain <laughs> subset of these documents might be his love letters. Yeah, let him keep the love letters. Take everything else. Give him his passports back and his love letters. No, we need the love letters too. It's yeah. the law. Yeah. Um. Okay. Early last week, the House Oversight Committee acknowledged they have documentation indicating that the Secret Service was charged excessive rates when staying at Trump hotels while protecting the then-president. Um, according to the documents, the agents were sometimes charged close to five times the government rate, which is set by the General Services Administration. Yeah, so this is just more Boy Scout bullshit. You know, the House Oversight Committee, they're like the hall monitors. Lame. <laughs> How dare they look into, uh, you know, bad acts of government. But uh, no, for real, this is, um, you know, typical kind of par for the course with Trump. It's hard to get too excited about it because the bar for him is so high in terms of like bad deeds that, <laughs> you know, charging a little bit more for the hotel rates is kind of a, a bore, you yeah. know. But yeah, so uh, uh, what the, what's his son-in-law's name again? Uh, his son-in-law. Jared uh, Kushner? That sounds good. I'm just drawing a blank. But Kush, Kushner sounds right. I don't know. So so Jared is saying, hey, we're giving them uh, rooms at cost. Uh, we, we would make, this is basically charity. We make more from our regular clientele. But it turns yeah. out in reality that wasn't the case, um, that they were charging rather handsomely. Sometimes, as you said, up to four or five times the normal government rate that they're willing to you know pay but they were getting like waivers right so like yeah. secret service was getting waivers approved of course because it's 
Trump's administration so right. they can get their waivers approved to then spend more money at Trump hotels. Now, if Trump is going out of town constantly and it's like almost always seemingly to some Trump property, whether it be Mar-a-Lago. Of course, or why like, wouldn't you? So, well, yeah, why so wouldn't I, you? But I, at yeah. the same time, because it's clearly self you know? Yeah, but I mean, I can't imagine ever. I can't imagine like having a few houses and then I travel to that place and I'm not gonna, or I travel in general and I'm not gonna want to stay at one of my houses. Like I'm going to, obviously. So maybe you think he has like a responsibility to not stay at his places, but like I, I you would. Just, I feel like I would. You could just charge them a normal rate. I don't think that this was even the yeah. normal rate that they were paying at these I guess hotels. you're saying, yeah, you waive your own business rate. That would be the ethical way to do it, I'd imagine. So I do a lot of this. I don't understand most of this. Um, the The government rate is something. It's not like a. It's not like Trump Hotel has a government rate. It's the United States has a government rate that they're willing to pay a hotel for Secret Service, right? So they're expecting the Trump Hotel to honor that government rate well the trump hotel doesn't have to right it's just the government should have said no well, they, you can't stay there how would that even work like if trump right. is like i'm definitely going to this hotel and i'm allowed to they're gonna have to pay the rate of the hotel so say he didn't own the hotel and he was like fuck you guys i'm going to that hotel i don't care about your government rate i'm going there the secret service has to go stay there right R right so they so, have to pay so, the rate well I, I think what you're saying is we can't expect somebody like Trump to be that ethical. And yes, we can't, but perhaps we should expect more, but it's clearly a rare circumstance where you have a guy that owns a bunch of hotels or, or, does he even own the hotels? I think, I don't even think he owns the hotels. They just pay him to have the Trump branding. But anyway, <laughs> um, you really, obviously, you really hate the guy. Uh, so it's, <laughs> you can't even let him have his own hotels. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yes, if he says F you, I'm, I'm going there. I mean, I don't know. Does the president have the, the authority to be like, Hey, Air Force One, take me to, here. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know that they have that broad of a, of a, of a power. But um, if they do, then you would expect someone like Trump to try to avoid how it looks for himself to be being enriched by the American taxpayer to his hotels. The best, thing especially he if you're claiming you could get more from like your regular clientele, yeah. and you're saying that you're giving it to them at cost. But yeah. in reality, you're charging them over a thousand dollars a night for the Secret Service to stay at Trump Hotel yeah. in D.C. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you in the sense that this isn't something I, I really care that much well, about because it's like it's one point four million dollars or something. Maybe this is you know essentially the same amount as as Obama spent when he was going to Cairo and and the Secret Service was staying at some plush hotel there you know perhaps so, it's it's not really that much different and it's just kind of a, a left-wing media hit job to try to gin up a headline to yeah. suggest that this is really a, a bad deed but you know i mean it feels wrong to, so you made the point earlier that you could you i mean I, I would kind of now expect him to have decreased the rates of the hotel for the secret service to whatever the max government allowment was like obviously if the hotel is worth more than the number 
we'll throttle it all the way back and we're only going to charge you the max we're allowed to charge you because that's my job to do that. Otherwise, I should be staying in another hotel. Like that's what you would expect Trump to do, I would think. Yeah, because it's again, it's not even like it's his hotel. Well, maybe he didn't have a say over the rate if it's not his hotel. Well, you don't go there then. You don't go to that hotel then. Yeah, but it's his hotel. But it's not his hotel. <laughs> I know. It's so, just got his name on it. What, so what was really, really confusing to me about this is all the headlines are like, uh, Trump charges exorbitant rates for Secret Service, or he charges more than, I don't know, he charges a higher rate for Secret Service. So to me, it sounds like when the Secret Service is coming in, he's charging them more than he's charging Joe Blow. That's what it seemed like to me. And I got confused. I'm like, well, he's not charging them more than that it's not an exorbitant rate i mean like it is by our standards but like not for people staying there like they're paying they're still paying less than allegedly paying less than joe blow coming in and wanting to stay at the hotel so they are still getting whatever discount or this at cost thing or they're at at least paying the same amount as anyone else they're not paying this increased rate what they are paying is five times more than the government allows them to pay Right, they're so, getting the waivers yes. from so he's not charging, the government, which yes. is from Trump, because he is the executive branch, yeah. sort of. You know, so like his underlings are approving his request, mm -hmm. yeah, via the Secret Service, yes, to spend more, yes. But they are not charging more than they would charge anyone else. Now, when I I also didn't realize that this was when he was in office. I thought now today, while the Secret Service is with Biden, that now he's charging the government more than everyone else to stay there as like a fuck you. I'm not president anymore. I'm going to charge your, the government more money to stay at my hotel. No, this was when he was. So this, yeah. So yeah. I, I figured out reading this, that this was when he was in office for his people staying with him. And then he didn't cut them discounts down to the government cap. Which just brings up a whole nother like interesting, you know, question. Cause I don't know, like, cause the secret service stays with presidents even after they leave the office. Until yeah. They, Is know, he charging die. them now? So, like, how does that work in terms of where you're allowed to, like, how many trips are you allowed to go on? How how crazy can your your um, you know movements be in terms of what you can expect the secret service? I mean, I guess the secret service just is like it's a lighter version, a yeah. lighter detail. You're probably just taking some of your own risk if you get too loose and crazy with yeah. the things that you're going around the world and doing. Whereas when you're president. The secret service is more like, no, nah, you can't do that. Or, uh, or we need a month to plan or more right. this move that you're going to do somewhere. You're going to the Super Bowl. Okay. We got to do a lot of things. We got to know about that. Yeah. Whereas Trump wants to go to a college football game tomorrow. He probably can do that. Yeah. You know, he's also and got he's, his own guys. And, right? and he's got I a certain amount of secret just... service to help him out. Yeah. But if he says he's doing it and then they're like, okay, mm -hmm. you're going to take your own risk. Fine. Right. Um, Okay, we're going to move away from Trump. So this was actually released the week before last week, but it wasn't really in the spotlight until earlier last week. So the DHS, or the Department of Homeland Security, in coordination with the DOL, or Department of Labor, announced they'll be issuing an additional 65,000 H-2B temporary non-agricultural work visas for fiscal year 2023. Um, this is in addition to the typical allotment of 66,000 visas. Um, so it's essentially doubling that number for 2023 fiscal year. Well, that's probably good um, for business to be able to plan for and know that they're going to have workers and maybe having a, a, a looser labor market by a fraction by having more people means that, uh, you know, you can keep some of those wage uh, 
increases from increasing and therefore maybe help with inflation and keep prices from having upward pressure. Yeah. Uh, And again, like I said before, like you're, you're allowing for more legal immigration, which is what, you know, oftentimes conservatives say that they, that they want, they're not anti-immigration. They just want a legal route. And so he's saying, okay, we're going to increase or double the number of legal work visas. Yeah. So the claim by the white house is, is, um, that this advances their pledge to expand legal pathways for immigrants, um, which was similar to last week's news regarding the Venezuelans and you know allowing twenty four thousand to come over, and it's all about legal pathways. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Um, now, fiscal year twenty twenty three started this past October first, mm-hmm. so that is retroactive already back to the first of this month. This isn't something to look forward to next January. This is already happening. Okay. Um, now it wasn't announced until two weeks into the fiscal year, but it should be active. Um, and 20,000 of those 65,000 are allocated to workers from Haiti and specific Central American countries. Um, so the other, I guess, 45 are up for grabs. 20,000 are specifically allocated. So in theory, this should kind of maybe lessen some of the pressure at the border. Should. Uh, you know, some of these Central American countries are well, some of the biggest... It depends okay. on, I mean, are they doing like direct flights like Venezuela is like, they, they still might be traveling to the border and then applying. Uh, I don't know any specifics on any. Yeah. So it might not. Well, um, it would, maybe they, it can. would lower your, your resources because you would say here, you know, here's your work visa, carry on with your life, go move wherever you're moving, go where you're going, stay with who you're staying with. And we're not housing you here. Right. So in yes, depth. in that regard, yes, it's, it might maybe it doesn't help the influx of people, but it does help having the, to take care of them yeah. at the border. So sure, sure, yeah, I get on board. What with are you for? Are you mean? Are you neutral on this? You good with it? But no, like it? No, I mean I think it's fine. Yeah, uh, I think right now we have a labor shortage, right? Not a job shortage. So this should uh, we don't have enough Americans that want to work these jobs. So you to get someone to do them. Otherwise, yeah. wages are up and. Shit's crazy expensive, so let's start getting more people in. And again, with the birth rate thing, like, we're obviously not really, we're not, our birth rate right now doesn't replace us. Like, we're not having enough to replace our own numbers, and so immigration is another way to do that. Yep. So, Um, so yeah, I mean, this legal pathway seems good. I think, I'll take the, I I think, you know, a decade ago, um, you know, say during the Obama administration, the thinking was, I think, with a lot of Republicans back then, was like a part of their anti-immigration view, and a part of the on the other side of that, the part of the pro-immigration stance of the Democratic Party was like these people are going to vote Democratic. Yeah, you know, if and when they're citizens and can vote, they're going to lean left. You know, so the right was like, uh, we don't, you know, what I mean, like yeah. we don't want, you know, people that are the working class or the working poor, we don't want to increase those numbers too much and, and, and lose control of government because then they're all voting one way. Yeah. But I think that was a big assumption, right? Because yep. we now see that there's movement from right. the minority groups mm-hmm. to vote Republican, you know? So that should highlight how fucking insane the left is right now. Yeah. Even Obama's on their ass. <laughs> He's like, Y'all shut the fuck up. I heard I heard on Fox they're like, I think <laughs> like I think Obama is the only liberal that watches Fox News because he's the only one that's making any sense right now. 
I think maybe one week we should just like watch. Like you should, you know, we're not, it's not like you're super right and I'm super yeah. left, really. But like maybe you should watch MSNBC and CNN for a week. Yeah. Or no, MSNBC, you know, watch that for a week. Watch Rachel Maddow. Um, What's the other guy name? The other nerd on there? I don't know. Anyway, I don't watch him. Um, he wears glasses. <laughs> oh, that guy! I forget glasses. His... <laughs> glasses McGee. Chris Hayes. I think. Okay, I think Chris Hayes. It. I think that's a name. You you watch those shows, and I gotta watch Fox all week. <laughs> you can, you won't make it. And then like, I gotta watch Tucker. I gotta watch Hannity. I, I don't even watch, I don't even watch Tucker. All of it, and just you know you report yeah, back. Okay, maybe you should watch like a realistic. Well realistic shows and see the ones that no one watches that have bad ratings no i want to watch the ones where <laughs> millions are tuning in that's fair that's fair get a take on what what's going on in america i mean that's good yeah we'll report back and see if we sound you have to report on like is it as bad as i think it? Yeah. you know because i talk shit yeah. all the time and i don't actually watch it right I'm, i mean i'm pretty confident maybe not in the news anchors maybe some of those are semi-decent maybe yeah. although i think the trumpian takeover of like the party and therefore sort of the network is, is lowering how much quality they have now versus just a few years ago, what yeah. they did actually have in the, in the news reporting part. But yeah. I know the opinion stuff I would probably cringe at anyway. <laughs> That'd be a good one. We just spent a whole on a slow week. Maybe we just report <laughs> shit. We don't even care about, but get both sides of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Okay. Last week, the first residents of what's being coined Adam's Tent City arrived and were greeted with open arms, COVID tests, popcorn machines, Xboxes, flat screens, and three meals a day. Um, the surprising thing about this was that only two individuals were shuttled to Tent City. <laughs> like two, two dudes. There were three vans and only two dudes. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure the taxpayers in New York City are, are millions in the hole already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for these six people. So these, uh, the ultimately, the facilities are expected to house 500 um, people with the current setup or 1,000 if they, they switch to like a cot, cot system and start stuffing it full. So max of 1,000 individuals at a time. And the anticipated turnaround time of an individual is, is 96 hours. So you yeah. show up four days. I mean... Play some FIFA. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, you know, if... You can't be like, yay, DeSantis Airlines. Yay, Abbott Bussing. You're sending people up there and then also be like, I can't believe they're housing these people. What the fuck? Well, housing them like this. The homeless shelters aren't set up like this. I, I'm just saying, the, the first thing is like, are you really, you know, what do you, what do you expect? You, you're mad that they didn't say fuck you and that they're actually, <laughs> you, you mentioned three meals a day like that was excessive. You know what I mean? But I get uh, the other side of it is obviously like, what about the homeless right. people? Are they, are they making them the same like, three meals a day? They're like, you know, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I we can, live here. I could use a, a mill and a cot. Yeah. And an Xbox. And an Xbox. Um, yeah. Fucking big. Have you seen the pictures of it? I mean, it's fucking a couple, like, but like, like decent couches, fucking coffee tables, just a row of TV units and TVs. Fucking, I think I did see it. It did yeah, look kind of nice. Looks, I know. Like, I mean, you could have like a wedding there, like a reception, like a tent wedding. But I mean, I think the mayor said it's supposed to be dirty. <laughs> <laughs> we want cholera. 
fucking <laughs> flooding through. There's, there's a level of standard it has to be at for us to not be upset about it. <laughs> like, the floors need to be like mud. You get a biscuit and grits <laughs> in the morning, and that's it for the day. Fuck. I mean, at least... Eight po- ounces of water. Yeah, at least like make the front of it like gross or something. So when there's pictures from the outside, it looks like a shithole. Like, come on, just be, the optics be of smarter. it. Yeah, yeah, like don't make it look like how it looks. Yeah, even if it's beautiful inside, don't let anyone inside and make the pictures look like shit from the outside. I mean, so Google Google is even put on there on uh, if you look it up, it says Adam's Tent City. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I think the the truth of it is, I think this is just like a mayor or a city dealing with something that they don't typically deal with. And it's like the growing pains of figuring out how to deal with it. And like maybe the excess of money that they're spending or, or what have you. Like, I think it's just, I don't think it's bad despite the homeless population. Like that's a kind of a separate issue. This is not meant to house people indefinitely. It's like a turnaround place. So while they're figuring out, whoa, where are you trying to go? Where, what is your actual destination? Four days and then you're out of here. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's, that's the number, right? Like, well, they're not anticipated. So it doesn't say it's a requirement. It says they expect to turn them around in four days. But it's it's different than obviously the homeless, which is indefinite until to to complain that they're, they're not a victim, right? They're, they're not a, and not right. that all the immigrants are per se, but you know, yeah, no, I understand your point. They're, they're their own thing that they have issues with Yeah, that you can't just house them. The idea forever. here is also that the immigrants are, are coming in and the whole argument is that like they want to work. They've interviewed a bunch. They're like, we're here to work and right. have a better life and be useful. Yeah. Like, so yes, I, like, I don't even know if they want this 96 hours. Like they might be fucking itching to go get a job and start making money. Um, where, you could make a really good argument that the homeless aren't trying to do that. So, yeah, you know, it's just, I mean, it's very elaborate. It's very, and I do have a question um, or maybe a point if, if it's not an answerable question, has a state of emergency been declared? Because I know that Biden specifically asked them to not declare a state of emergency before the midterms. So I'm wondering, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a real thing. Don't declare one. It's going to look terrible. So I'm wondering, did they? I thought Adams had already declared a state of emergency because of all the people being bused to New York. Um, so if they are in a state of emergency, doesn't that unlock federal spending? So maybe Adams' tent city is more of a federally funded tent city, and that's why it's so nice? The short answer is I don't know. Right, but there's but just some I, I don't think a state can just declare a state of emergency, and automatically that means that the federal government must... Un- uh, unlock funds you know what i'm saying if we yeah. have a hurricane hit and it's a state of an emergency for you know like desantis might say okay we're in a state of emergency in florida or these counties yeah so that pharmacists in those counties can start dispensing pills um prior to what they normally could it, it and, unlocks, and so that doesn't like, mean that the federal government state, now state flexibility not necessarily yeah. federal flexibility right right okay so so maybe so maybe he declared a state of emergency, or maybe he didn't. So maybe he could he get could. his own emergency funds or something for it. Maybe. maybe. But that was just a just a point. I wasn't really expecting an answer, but maybe. But I don't know if he did it since Biden said, please don't. Like, motherfucker, I swear to God, if you do it. Yeah, he, Biden might have just not wanted him, like, money aside, may yeah. not just, maybe didn't even want him to say it was a state-level state of an emergency. 
so yeah. that it didn't look bad. Right. Well, that's it. That's the, the point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Midterms are coming up. Don't fucking do this shit. Yeah. Okay? Don't, don't, I don't need Fox screaming yeah. that there's a state yeah. of emergency in New York over the crisis of immigration. Yeah. They're yeah. already taking pictures of your stupid fucking tent. <laughs> yeah. Please just You shut already up. gave them flat screens. <laughs> hey. Come on. Calm down. Where's the mud? Yeah. Um, that That's it. That's all we got. That's it before off the cuff? Before off the cuff, yeah. Okay. So we ready to any any last points on any of this? We're good. Nope. Okay. All right. This week and off the cuff, it's my turn, and I'm gonna challenge Peyton's alpha masculinity. Oh my god. I you know you might be you might be so so masculine that you can't even answer these, and this might be a very terrible off the cuff. You might just be like that doesn't Why apply do you- to me. <laughs> well, it's kind of your fault. I'll get into it. So. My question is going to be, we were talking about, you had mentioned a point about how much I love Disney movies. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of thinking, what's, what's my question going to be? And I want to know, what Disney movie have you most recently cried in? And what movie were you most saddened by? It's like one, I mean, you could cry and just like stupid little bullshit, like, oh, that person died and you got a little tear. But one might have like really hit you a lot of times or being super sad. So if this doesn't apply, we can just fucking, we just pull the plug. I mean, yeah, you don't have a backup question, so we got to go with it. Well, I mean, if you've cried in a movie, I want to know which one it is. But if you okay, had, so I mean, you might so, have okay, just what said was the, what no. What was the first question? Because you had a couple. What What's the, the most one? recent one? Like, like last week, you're sitting there on the couch What's watching the a movie re- that you've that you've shed Disney a tear movie. Disney movie. It's got to be like yeah, one of I the. I don't. I don't recall ever crying at a Disney movie. It's because you're not fucking watching them. Um, I don't think I. I think the last time I cried in a movie was Titanic or some shit. Holy fuck! I uh, cry. I cry in like two movies a week, man. But uh, but you're right that I'm not watching them. So I don't. Yeah. If a Disney movie is on house, unfortunately, I'm on my phone. Yeah, we my cell phone usage is well documented at this point. <laughs> I just got my while sitting here. Oh, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. Let's pull this up. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I got my notification while sitting here. Mine okay. actually says uh, three hours. It's down fifteen percent last week for an average of three hours and seven minutes, which I think is excessive for me because I used to be at two hours. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I told the guys, "Yo, I have a problem. My screen time usage uh, averages eight hours and fifty-two minutes a day." Mm-hmm. A week later, it went up. So like yeah. nine hours and say six minutes, a which day. was back to about his normal amount, I think. Because so now let me look here and see what it was. You were nine plus, bro. Hold on, bro. What? Ac- no, because today's Sunday, so it's giving me a weekly average. Well, mine just based gave on today. Me, let me go back to last me, week. Mine just gave me my average. It's giving your average from from like today's Sunday, so your I've weekly always, average is only one day. I've today. always gotten my average on Sunday mornings. It always alerts me early morning, mid morning. If I could figure out how to use my phone, this would be great. I can't. <laughs> I think mine is only up so high recently because we're doing this shit all the time. And I'm like looking shit up on my phone. I think I have like one or two nights a week where I do a bunch of research. And that's what jacks oh, okay. my average. I think I've just figured it out how to do that. Oh, fuck. He's, oh, he dude. doesn't know. You go to settings and screen no, time. No, no, I think I do not. Okay, got it. I found, no, I had to figure out how to go back last week Oh, to last week. Okay. Left arrow. Right, but you got to scroll down before that appears. Anyway, <laughs> last week, my average, seven hours, <gasps> two minutes, down 29%. Holy shit. 
seven out i'm down to just seven hours a day of using my phone and wow um, let's see that's it i mean that's substantial the total screen time was 49 hours um wow uh, only 24 hours of that is social media though so less than half of it is social media. You spend three hours a day on social media. I'm just saying. I mean, that's a lot of social I'm media. I'm reading books game. on my phone, reading articles that's on my phone. That's not social media. I know. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm saying. Oh, you're saying set set that one aside. That's seven hours ridiculous. a week doesn't yeah. necessarily mean anything. You can yeah. be doing very fruitful stuff. Yeah. Making grocery lists. Okay. But. Uh, you yeah. mean seven hours a day, not a week. Seven hours a day. I'm just my 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 daily average last week was seven hours. Yeah, yeah. You said seven hours a week. You could be doing fruitful stuff. Oh, sorry. You yeah, seven, seven hours, hours a day. day. Yeah. yeah, a week. It sounds great. Yeah, if you but made anyway. a grocery list for seven hours in a week, sure. If you make a grocery <laughs> list for seven hours each day, you have a problem. Yeah. So forty nine <laughs> hours total last week. Twenty four on social media. Almost twenty five. So basically half of it. That's not too. That's you know. I'm trending in the right direction. You're trending in the right Disney. direction for sure. Back to Disney. So this fuck, man, it's just going to be me being a little soft bitch, like you point out. So I'm, I'm going to go first. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm, okay. What do you mean? I'm, what? What do you mean going first? I'm going first right now. No, you're not supposed to go first. I'm supposed to go first. Oh, yeah. you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And we started talking about maybe it doesn't apply to you, and you're like, well, maybe it does because of here, here, here. All right. So <clears throat> my most recent movie um, is Luca, which has been on recently. And, and I don't know if anyone's seen Luca out there. But at the end, when they, when Alberto and Luca are saying bye to each other, and Luca's getting on the train, and Luca's like, I can't do it without you, and Alberto's like, you got me off the rock. Luca, I got chills right now just saying that. He's like, you got me off the island, Luca. And then they're like sad and happy, and then he goes off on the train into the distance. Big tearjerker. That's the most recent one. And that does that mean like you're sitting there kind of like... No, that's you like trying not to, no, or that's, like you. That's like does put a on tear a tear. Actually, have to come down for it to count. No, they just kind of if, if you get a little you're, bit, you get the line water. there, and you have to just like take a deep breath or two, so like your family doesn't think you're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like I'm like. Ah. I, I yeah, assume it's you never like that. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Now, the one with the most my my max. Uh, crying moments in a movie is Big Hero Six, and I think that might just be generally in a movie. That hit me four times. That was before I even had kids. I was in college. This is at the Waterford uh, Regal AMC. I don't remember in Orlando back when I was up at UCF. And our buddy, my buddy, had a had a kid. They wanted to go see it. You know, him, his girlfriend, and the kid. And then Hannah and I wanted to see it because we just like Disney movies. So we go there. I'm sitting right next to my friend. Like I'm not like on the opposite end of my friend. And him and I are both just sitting there. Like don't fucking look at me. Like saying yeah. it out loud. Like, like, like you're like not. A, like <laughs> yeah. Don't stare at me. Don't, yeah. <laughs> so out loud, like don't fucking look over. Just. You look straight at the movie. <laughs> Don't fucking look at me. So that that four different times, like right away in the beginning, brother catches on fire and dies. Like, what the fuck? And then I don't remember the middle two, but at the end, Baymax, they're in like this different dimension or some quantum realm or some bullshit. And Hero's like, oh, no, Baymax, I'm going to lose you. You've been like, it's like the last piece of his brother. His brother made Baymax. And so like he, Baymax is like, go without me. And then like rocket hands hero out through the portal and everything's good and you think oh baymax died that's so self-sacrificing and sad and now his brother's gone but baymax put his uh like his hard drive in his hand when he rocketed him out 
so that way Hero was able to rebuild Baymax, and that whole scene was super sad. Gotcha. So that one ripped me apart the most any movie's ever ripped me apart. I can be, um, I can be pretty, obviously, I can be pretty sensitive, pretty empathetic as a as a non-Trump guy. You all, I can't believe you're, any Trump voter has ever had any empathy in their heart, ever, Michael. I'm so shocked. Yeah, we uh, are white not. supremacists and... <laughs> as racist as you guys semi-fascist. are. Semi-fascist. You actually have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us, most of us don't. Mine's like barely, it's like the Grinch before it grows. Yeah. It's like yeah. way too small. Right. Um, but I, I think it's really just because I'm not paying attention. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not watching them. I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen Big Hero Six. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I haven't seen it. I have seen Luca, but I didn't really watch it all. Yeah, it kind of was like, yeah, snooze fest. You know, you're what like, saying? yeah, like, Italians. I, I, I hate them. No, nah, I was like, oh, this is like the aesthetics of it's pretty and it's yeah. cool, but like fish guy, nah, nah, out. I'm Ta- out. Tapping out. What do you want? Yeah. They got to be like playing football or something. Yeah. Like a Disney cartoon animated football movie. Right. You'd be like, maybe I could fuck with it. Yeah, I need... That would help your screen time, I think, though. Get some crying in. It's probably emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, screen time healthy. Just fucking wife and the kids leave the house, pop on a Disney Pixar movie. I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I have a non-answer. Okay. I don't, I uh, can, can you, I, can no, you no, expand? No, no, no. I think I did. You, I think I did. Um, I, I think with Lion King, with Mufasa, when oh, I was a yeah. kid, I think I... I teared up on that one. That's when you were and, a kid. And I may have, as a child. And I may have even I don't I don't think I've watched it in, in years. Yeah. So I don't Lion King's my favorite. It might would hit me again. Yeah. Lion King's my favorite movie. And when Mufasa dies, that rips me up every time. Yeah. That one's a big one. That's that was I, I used to put VHS, I'd make my mom rewind that shit as soon as it ended, come back fucking five minutes, get some more food, come back, watch Lion King again. That was that was definitely my favorite movie. So yeah, now nah, that one's brutal. Um but I haven't watched it recently, so so, can you expand that to any movie or no? Like, forget well, Disney? Well, I told you Titanic. That, you I had mean, to have watched that, like, fucking 20 years ago. I, I don't... I guess I, I don't watch a whole lot of emotional-type movies, I guess. So, you must be doing all your crying in House of the Dragon, right? Isn't the uh, finale tonight? Uh, definitely good no, point. Definitely no one's crying in that, but... It is tonight. Man, so I just did a really self-revealing episode for no reason. House of <laughs> Dragon... You're just confirming that it's tonight. Yeah, I'm excited, and I don't know why I decided to do this on the show. Um, I can't even tell. I type finale, and nothing's coming up. I'm pretty sure it's tonight. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's tonight. So, yep. that's interesting. Looking forward to that That'll as well. Going. Yeah, be cool. Um, Wrap all that shit up. The dragon in the last episode. People were telling me that the last episode was was like lame and kind of kind of boring. I'm like, that fucking dragon. Oh, I don't know, maybe I maybe it was no, pretty good. Maybe no spoilers. I wish that they would have. Um, Spoiler alert, episode nine, House of the Dragon. I uh, win, and I'm bad with the names. The auntie. Uh, Rainies. Rainier's aunt. Rainies. You're talking about Viserys, the, the, queen that, the queen that never was. Right. Right, that's Rainies. she comes Rhaenys. in with a dragon. Yeah. I wanted her to at least fucking burn it. Fry everyone? the hand. Oh, like just at charm least a get little? One. Like, like no, 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 kill oh, him. They, they, oh, they're like, not going to kill that. No, they're not going to kill him. He's a he's such a good scumbag guy. Like he's evil. He's plotting. It would have been nice to to let I, him I didn't on say fire. That they would. I'm just saying that would have been would have been cool. I mean, ultimately, she like, would have. If someone could have died instead yeah. of just being like, I can kill you, but maybe I'll fly off now right, and then you'll was, get your dragons. And that was like a don't fuck with drift drift mark ever. Like I'll support you. Leave me the fuck alone. Like oh, you don't think it was a support of of uh Rhaenyra yeah no I think it was like this is gonna happen and I'm gonna let this go 
but you are never going to call on Drift Park uh, for anything. You are going to leave us alone. You're never going to come. We're never going to see you again. Like the, the crown has no authority over us. Remember, this was a favor. Don't fuck with me. Interesting. And her dragon was fucking terrifying. Like it had all the fuck face spikes and everything. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, I'm hearing from everyone like, oh, fuck, nothing's happening. But I don't know. This season's all, if anyone is expecting a bunch of shit, it's just a bunch of name learning, which you haven't done in nine episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's struggling with it too. I'm like, come on, it's Rhaenys and Rhaenyra and Aegon and Aemon, and that's the other Aegon. It's a mess. But yeah. all right. I think that's it for episode nine. Thanks, everybody. Please uh, give us a shout out on, on Instagram and Facebook and share and like, and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.